0: This is episode 428 of the AWS Podcast, released on March 7th, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon so here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm joined by a special guest. I'm joined by Roy Hassan, who is a Senior Manager for Analytics here at AWS. Welcome to the
0: podcast, Roy. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for coming on board. Now, we're going to be talking some interesting EMR stuff today, but maybe let's start firstly with yourself. You talk a lot about analytics. Why is analytics something that's important to you and and what's your experience?
0: Good question. So I've I've been working with Amazon AWS for all over four years and all of my time has really been focused on helping customers get value out of data using cloud-native managed services services. Always been interested in so sort of these use cases where data is really the driver to solve these business problems. and and customers would just had challenges to do it. In my past, I always you know really enjoyed looking at open source tools, you know Apache Spark when it came out, Hive when it came out. and just getting really excited about solving these problems with these tools, but they're always very difficult to get started. I used to spend a lot of time with Stack Overflow and JIRA tickets and really trying to understand how to develop these right patches and how to deploy stuff and make it work. And working with AWS and our tools, it just simplified all those things, You know, the, the long nights I used to work to try to make it just working the way I want now is available and just works automatically. And I still get the benefit of these open source tools and all the features that the community has been building. So to me, that's really exciting. and, And working with customers to show them how to do it and how to get benefits. You know, many times you see like eyes just light up and that's really exciting.
1: Yeah, I reckon the best part of being a solution architect is when you see the eyes light up in someone else and you go, aha, they've got it. (laughs) And certainly when it comes to managing things like Hadoop and Spark and Hive, I mean, these are highly scaled, highly complicated, highly specialized systems. And a classic example of my old friend, undifferentiated heavy lifting, which is, you know, this is hard to do. And, you know, you talk about customers really spending a lot of time self-managing the Hadoop clusters, et cetera. Maybe start with firstly, what you see customers doing with Hadoop and Spark and Hive. And then what some of the challenges they pretty soon discover about running their own clusters?
0: Yeah, no, good question. So again, customers do a lot of things, right? It really depends on the industry. It really depends on the use cases. But, you know, for the most part, a lot of it is ETL, data processing, right? Bringing data from your operational data stores, from mobile devices, from IoT devices, bringing it into the company, into the organization to be able to store it, process it. So then the analysts, the data scientists, executives can start taking that data and extract value out of it. So a large majority of the use cases just simply ingesting and processing that data. And to do that, customers have used MapReduce, they've used Hive, they've used Spark, a lot of different ways to do it, but you've had to develop those applications on your own. You have to launch those clusters on your own. You have to acquire hardware, configure it, install software, install all the patches, and really stay up to the latest version on open source releases because open source releases just come out very, very frequently. They, they change features, they fix bugs, those kind of things. And you have to stay on top of it. And even though you may try to solve a fairly simple problem may seem to be simple, it can be challenging because now you're responsible to learn how to install Spark, how to install Hive, how to configure them, what's the best way to optimize it. So those are the biggest challenges that we see. And, and then, if I kind of take another perspective on it, right? There's a business perspective on this and there's a more technical perspective, right? The first kind of business perspective is the business wants to move fast, right? It wants to innovate. It wants to come out with new features and capabilities. It wants to learn how the user, your customers are actually using the service or the features that you give them and take advantage of it, right? So to learn from that, organizations really have to collect a lot of data and data is just growing exponentially across all the industries and all the customers that I speak to. And there's also a lot of different sources, right? It's not just my operational databases anymore. It's microservices, it's my web front end, it's my ad tracking, it's partners like Salesforce for my CRM data or or other things. Now I'm bringing all these different data sets in to be able to analyze and it's not as easy, right? It's just a lot more data and a lot more processing. So the data keeps growing, there's new data sources, these data sources are different. It's not all the same. Some of it is structured. Some of it is unstructured. Some of it may be images, maybe voice you know, recordings. Like You don't know, right? It may be a lot of different things. So this diverse data sets are challenging to work with, but that's what the industry and then the business kind of telling you, you need to go look at this data because we want to be able to get value out of it. So that's a real challenge for IT organizations. The other thing too is We see different users, right, are trying to use this data. Traditionally, it's been analysts, Mm. right, folks who know how to run SQL, how to analyze data. But now we're seeing organizations trying to tap into experts in the field, right? I see this in manufacturing where the floor managers, the people who've been running these factory floors for a really long time, they have the context, they have the experience, they have the background. If you give them ability to look at that data and analyze it, in the way that they know how to do it, you're gonna get a lot of really great insight that maybe an analyst just doesn't have because they don't have that context, they don't have that background. So, those users need to get access to the data, but not in the same way. Now, they don't know SQL, they don't know how to write Python code or, or Spark code, right? So, you gotta find ways to make it easy for them. So, that's on the business side. The technical side, right? The biggest challenge is around aging infrastructure, right? It's just like you buy a new car, right? You take it off the lot and it's already depreciated. It's the same thing (laughs) with hardware. You know, you buy a whole bunch of servers, 200, 300 servers, and now a week later, you know, there's a new CPU out there, new memory, new architectures, and it's it's kind of like it's aging. Now, what do you do, right? The other thing where we see a lot of challenges for customers is around patching and so forth upgrades. There's you know, these are open source tools, right? You're all running Linux, you're running open source technology. There are going to be bugs, there are going to be issues, right? You need to stay on top of it, right? If you have a you know, if there's a security hole and you didn't patch it, well, you know what, you're vulnerable and you don't want to put your organization in that position. So those are some of the big technical challenges that our customers are facing day in and day out with self-managed. Hadoop environments, whether it's Spark, Hive, Impala, whatever, it's all the same challenges.
1: And it's one of those situations that, like with most technologies, you you look at it from the outset, you think, well, how hard could this be? And then once you go down the rabbit hole, suddenly you're in a a world of, you know, complicated networking and storage configurations and server builds and operating systems and incompatible libraries, et cetera. It can be, uh, it can be fun. uh, That's for sure. So, so if we think then about uh, Amazon Elastic MapReduce, tell us maybe a little bit about what it is and what customers typically get from the starting point of just adopting that as a platform.
0: Yeah, so Amazon EMR, and we've kind of moved away from the MapReduce name because it's antiquated, right? If you look at what a customer is using today, it's Hive, it's Presto, it's Spark. These are all much more mature technologies. And really what it is, is taking the, the core big data technologies that you know and love and the community has is, is built you know, strong features around and is great adoption and putting them on top of a fully managed infrastructure, right? So all the things that we talked around, hardware management, right? I want to pick which instance type I want, like right? how much memory, how much CPU, how much hard drive space, right? I want to find the latest and greatest, right? You know, is it AMD based, is it Intel based? I want to get the best one but I also want an environment that just launches these instances for me and I don't have to worry about it. The same thing with software upgrades. One of the challenges that we hear from customers all the time is how do I stay current with the latest open source versions? It's really, really hard to stay on top of it. And Amazon EMR makes it super simple, right? We always up on the latest versions, we release new versions to the open source engines that we support all the time and customers can simply upgrade, right? They pick a new version and they run with it. So that makes it really easy for our customers to stay on top of it. Security is another big one, right? Because we are making sure that the software is always patched, the OS, the underlying infrastructure is all compliant. Security is one of the biggest area of focus for us at AWS and we bring it across all of our services and the same thing with EMR. So you can rest assured that when you launch your job on EMR, encryption is there, you know, encryption at rest and in transit. Everything is patched to, to the best of our ability to the latest available information. Right. So you can be sure that your data is safe and your jobs are safe. And, and then lastly, you know, ability to just save money, right? You don't you're not stuck with old hardware. If you want to switch to new hardware that's cheaper now, you can do it. If you want to say, you know what, I wanna create a separate cluster just for this particular job because it's running maybe once a month to crunch through a whole bunch of data and then I don't really need it anymore. You can easily spin up that transient cluster with the right configuration, get the job done as quickly as possible and then terminate it and then not have to worry about paying it afterwards. Right? So that those kind of the big things where using EMR is, is beneficial to our customers.
1: Yeah, there's lots of benefits. The, the economic ones are some of the most interesting ones. And certainly in previous episodes, when we've been talking about spot instances, EMR never fails to come up on that conversation. But let's maybe pivot across to an example of a customer that's gone through this journey. Now, it's one thing for us to sit here and have a chat about, yeah, you know, you can manage your own cluster, but if you move to a managed one, you know, she'll be right, it'll be great. What's a real experience? Give us a taste of that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that there's a lot of great examples, and you can look through the AWS Big Data blog. You can listen to, like, we Invent videos. Our customers, you know, get up there, and they, they tell about their journey, and I, and I think they do a really good job. But one that kind of comes to mind that I, I'm really excited about and, you know, I've been involved with it since the beginning and kind of, like, over the years, continue to kind of evolve it is, is Vanguard. Vanguard is a a great investment management company. I think they have over $5.7 trillion in assets. And their biggest challenge were they're all on-prem, right? And they have, I think it was over 150 different analysts just across a number of different lines of business. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to start using analytics and machine learning more and more in their business and more than what they could have done in the past. And that really forced IT to stop and think, You know, how do we take the data that they had? And I think at that point, they had about a petabyte of data. Today doesn't seem like a lot of data, but it is a significant amount of data. But how do you take that data that you have on-prem and actually make it actionable for all of those users? And it's not a simple task, right? So they already had Hadoop on-premise, but it wasn't really scaling. It wasn't giving them all the flexibility they wanted. And their users, like I said before, right, they're asking for more. They want to do more. So what they did was they embarked on a modernization journey, right? Call it migration, call it modernization. I really prefer to call it modernization because it's not moving you know, a platform from one place to another. You can definitely do that. There's benefits to do that, uh, but there's a lot of benefit to kind of modernize, really rethink how you do things. So they took their own prem Hadoop environment and they wanted to start leveraging Amazon EMR for that. One of the biggest reasons why they chose EMR, and there's actually two main ones. The first one is security. It's been proven with many, many different fintech companies and financial services and healthcare customers that have really put EMR through the paces of security and privacy and governance and control. And for Vanguard, it's like, okay, a lot of customers that have very, very tight requirements already did the heavy lifting for us. We trust them, right? We trust Amazon. We know that this is the right tool for us. And the second one is just flexibility. They can still do everything that they do today, but in a much more flexible and fully managed environment. Now they're launching around, I believe, 250 different EMR clusters at different times of the day to do different things. Whether it's data transformations like ETL jobs, reporting jobs, they're actually also using EMR running Apache Presto for the ad hoc analytics. So they're connecting their Tableau dashboards to uh, Presto on EMR to run their analytics. Right, and it scales up, scales down based on on the usage and they don't really have to worry about managing that infrastructure behind the scenes. The other big benefit that they got is that they moved all of that data, the petabyte of data, and it could growing, right? So it's not petabyte today, it's a lot more than that. But the data was originally stored on HDFS. and HDFS is just hard drives and located with the cluster nodes and it gets replicated three ways. So we have resiliency. What they did was they moved that data all to S3. So now they reduce duplication. So instead of having three copies of all the data, they have one copy. So they're storing a lot less data. They're also getting the benefits of S3, right? Highly reliable, high availability, automatic encryption. And the other thing that they got out of it that most people don't really recognize is data lifecycle management. Yeah. Typically in financial services, that's not a simple thing to do, but S3 actually gives you built-in tools to manage the lifecycle policy automatically. So that was a big value add for them And that's kind of like how they did. And then very quickly, they really kind of followed a lot of the best practices that we shared with them and that they learned over time and was able to optimize their environment further and further and then ultimately reduce their costs. And I believe they talked about reducing their costs by over $600,000, which is significant, right? So it kind of shows you that you may start at a certain point with EMR and get a lot of cost savings and benefits. But following best practices and how the platform is designed, you can continuously improve your operation and reduce your cost over time.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely not something you look at once. You, uh, you keep looking at it and keep making it better. So one of the questions I get to ask service teams is, you know, your service sounds fantastic, but uh, what have you done for me lately? (laughs) So what's new? What have you built? Because, you know, clearly, you know, 90 to 95% of our roadmap comes from customer feedback. So customers are telling us, hey, we want you to do this. So what are some of the things that the EMR team have been hearing and what have they built for our customers?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, when we talk to our customers, all shapes and sizes, right, there's a lot of really, really good feedback, but the kind of the big, changes or the big features that we announced, I think cut kind across of everything. And and one of the, the ones I'm really excited about is something we call EMR Runtime for Apache Spark. If you look across the board, Spark is very popular big data framework, whether it's for analytics, for ETL, you know, for machine learning, we see customers all over using Spark for their data and analytics use cases. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to sort of say, okay, you can get Spark, open source Spark, off the shelf, running on EMR without a problem, but then you sort of left to kind of tune and optimize Spark configuration based on best practices. Remember in the beginning, I mentioned how I spent a lot of time on like Stack overflow, like researching and trying to figure out how to configure stuff right? It's the same thing here, right? I don't want to spend that time. So what we've done was we actually took a lot of those best practices and, and some more innovative ways that our team have come up with to optimize the way Spark works and built it into a framework on top of EMR that's completely API compatible with Spark. So it doesn't break the open source compatibility of Spark, but it gives you that extra boost of performance, optimizations, and tuning without really having to do anything, right? So when we see customers launching EMR using this runtime, they get significant benefits right out of the box without having to do anything. And when I talk to customers who are migrating or trying to run Spark on EMR, that's one thing that, you know, the eyes kind of light up like, wow, I didn't really have to do anything. I was running Spark on my self-managed environment. I optimized the best I can, but now I put it on Spark on EMR and, and oh my God, it's running like 20, 40% faster. That's phenomenal. Right. So that's a really, really big feature that we released and we're continuously innovating on this and adding more and more optimizations. So think about just simply running your jobs, not having to do anything and then having, you know, your jobs just run faster. Right. So that's a big one.
1: Yeah. It's a big deal. That one.
0: Yeah, no, the, the other thing that, that I, I got really excited about and we've been talking about this with customers for a little while now and it's finally out, but it's something we call managed scaling. So we've had auto scaling for a very long time with EMR and it allowed customers to automatically scale up and down their workloads based on different thresholds that they can configure in the cluster. So it gives you a lot of flexibility to tune how you want your clusters to scale up and down based on these thresholds. But What our customers were telling us is like, that's great, right? We love all those levers. And when we're ready to use those levers, we will use them. But for a lot of our use cases, we honestly don't really know what those thresholds need to be, right? We just know that when somebody runs a job, it just needs to scale to make that job complete. And that's really it. So we sort of took a lot of that feedback and we spent a lot of time kind of working with engineering to understand what's the best way to do this. And we took a lot of the lessons learned from our customers in our own experience, and we built this managed scaling that simply says, you just tell me how many nodes do I add? What's the max number of nodes? And then what's the minimum number of nodes, right? The top and bottom of my range. And then we will automatically scale up and down the cluster just based on the workload. So whether you're processing a gig of data or a terabyte of data or 10 terabytes of data, from your perspective, from your data engineer perspective, it doesn't really matter. They don't have to do anything different. The cluster just automatically scales up and down, right? And that's a massive, massive feature because there's less for the user to deal with, less configuration, less management, less thinking ahead of what you will do, and more focusing on just getting the job done. And we see this being super helpful in the case of both data analysts and data scientists that are just running experiments, running jobs, and you know, they're not predictable, right? You can't say, oh, I'm I'm gonna do my feature engineering on one gig of data, but then the next time I'm gonna do it on a terabyte of data. You know, you can't plan for that, right? So manage scaling really just scales the, the, the environment for you without you doing any thinking or planning in advance. So that's the really big one. The other one that I'm 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 excited about, and you can see I'm excited about a lot of different <laughs> stuff, but these, <laughs> these are these are the, the big ones. The other one that we introduced is something called Apache hoodie. You may have heard about data lakes. You may have heard about, you know, customers deploying massive data lakes running on top of Amazon S3. And Amazon S3 is a great storage platform. But the biggest challenge with S3 is how do you update data, right? Let's say I have a file that has a million rows in it, and there's only one row in it that I need to go update. With S3, i got to take all that data, i got to remove the row, and then i got to upload a new file replacing the old one. It's not really efficient, especially when you're doing it you know, at multi-petabyte scale, right? And continuously, right? So Hoodie is that data lake, think of it as a data lake management layer that allows you to bring this mutating data, updating, deleting data. You can bring that into your data lake and Hoodie just manages for you, right? So it's that layer running on EMR that allows you to update data in your data lake, allows you to delete data, right? We're talking about GDPR and CCPA, right? Those regulations that, require or at least give the user the ability to ask you, the organization, please delete my private information. For you to go delete private information for a specific user across petabytes of data is very, very difficult, right? But Hoodie makes it super simple, right? So Hoodie allow you to manage changing data, allow you to delete data easily. It also helps you manage schemas. So no longer do you have to worry about if my schema is changing, how do I update it? It just manages for you which reduces a lot of the dependencies of upstream applications on these schema changes. It just makes it easy for you. and You don't have to worry about things just breaking for you.
1: Yeah, it's, it sounds like that makes a, a big difference to the manageability and the usability.
0: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and the last piece that's really great about Hoodie is data lake management and hygiene. We don't think about it. Customers don't typically think about it. But as you build these data lakes and you're managing and you're adding more data to it, it's going to grow. Right, you're going to have a lot of data. Yes, it's cataloged. Yes, you know what's there. Yes, you're following best practices, but you're going to be in situations where, you know, your schema will drift. You have a situation where you're going to have a lot of little files that are impacting performance on your queries. How do you manage that? So customers have created different processes to do that to solve those problems, but it's extra work. So Hoodie actually addresses that by doing all that heavy lifting behind the scenes. Something we call compaction, where you merge. A bunch of little files into bigger files it does it for you it allows you to pick what file size you want to sort of manage over time right so now you know hey i want one gig per file size and hoodie is just going to manage it for you you don't have to do it so it takes away a lot of these complexities of managing your data lake on s3 so again hoodie super super exciting you know we're seeing a lot of customers really get behind this We're continuously working on innovating, working with the community to add new features and address bugs and performance and things like that. But it's a great tool. So again, the EMR runtime for Apache Spark, out of the box optimizations and performance. Managed scaling, super simple, just run your job and we'll auto scale without you doing anything. And in Apache Hoodie, manage your data lake without any heavy lifting.
1: Some big ones. And there's always lots of little ones as well and lots of improvements and new versions of packages and all that good stuff as well. So it's a, it's usually a laundry oh, list. <laughs> so Roy- yep, yep, what, We can be here for another hour exactly. if want to <laughs> <there>. <laughs> So Roy, if if someone's listening to this and they've got their own existing cluster and they're thinking, you know what? This sounds like something for me. How do we help customers get to using Amazon EMR? What are some programs available to them?
0: Yep, yeah. And, and that's a question that we get um, all the time from customers. So we absolutely created- what we call the EMR Migration Program. It's a migration modernization. I guess that term can be used uh, slightly intangibly, but it's really a program designed to take customers from a self-managed environment, whether it's on-premise or on EC2, whether you're using an existing distribution like Cloudera or MapR or whatever that may be, and take those workloads and migrate them to EMR. So what we do there is we offer a few things, we, we offer you an assessment so you can actually look at the workload, understand what you have, understand your dependencies on your applications, and then work with you to kind of define what's the future state architecture gonna look like and how do we get you there, right? What are the steps that we need to follow to make sure that you get there in the timeframe that you wanted? And then ultimately, you know, the migration effort, whether it's using AWS professional services, that have been doing this for years, with a lot of customers, or even bring one of our analytics specialized SI partners that have been doing this as well to kind of bring them in to do the actual migration. And then once the migration is complete, we don't stop there, right? We work with you to look at the workloads and continuously optimize your workloads, whether it's helping you understand how to refactor some of your code. Maybe you didn't want to refactor Hive. You have Hive on-prem, you want to run Hive on EMR, You get a lot of benefits, but it's still an old code. Maybe you want to refactor it to Spark. We can work with you to do that, right? Maybe you got some reporting workloads that have traditionally run on Hive, but maybe they actually work better on Amazon Redshift, or in-the-cloud data warehouse. We can help you think about those things and see what makes sense, and then ultimately help you sort of optimize over time. And in my previous example with Vanguard, that's exactly what they did, right? They sort of built, they see what's working, and then they start optimizing reduced cost we can help you, we can work with you to do that as well. And so where should customers
1: go? Where do they visit to get started and to uh, understand what the next steps would be?
0: Yeah, the best place, and and, and hopefully we can share this link uh, with the podcast notes, but aws.amazon.com slash EMR slash EMR dash migration. And that's our landing page for the migration. You can see some case studies there. There's a bunch of really great short videos from our solution architects about how to think about migrating data. How do you think about migrating metadata? How do you think about migrating different applications, right? Is it Hive to Hive? Is it Hive to Spark? Is it Impala to Presto, right? So there's a bunch of videos there and information that you can learn. We also have a migration guide. So if you wanted to go at it on your own, or at least you wanted to look at something as a reference, we've developed a migration guide that you can download from that website that actually goes through the entire process, right? If you were to migrate on your own, Here are the things you need to think about. Here's the things you need to focus on. And this is what you need to do. It's a great guide to kind of walk you through the process if you really want to know what it takes. But again, aws.amazon.com slash EMR slash EMR dash migration.
1: Sounds like the place to go. Hey, uh, Roy, thanks so much for coming on and uh, telling us all about the latest and greatest with EMR.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. As you can hear by my tone, I'm super excited about this. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities. So of course, if anybody out there is interested, reach out to us through that website, be happy to connect and help you.
1: Sounds good. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.